the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. Watch me explode. Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K Show. It is Tuesday, Super Tuesday, here in the Super Studios of Salem Broadcasting, AM 1170. KCBQ, glad to have you all here with me. And I think that while we're still awaiting results tonight, I think I can probably speak for many people when I say, you know what, there's lots of us out who are ready to get Super Tuesday behind us. I'm hoping that we're going to have a clear path or at least have like some idea from a vision standpoint as to where things look like they may be going a little bit going forward because I think part of the reason why there's been so much anxiety and so much anger and just things have gotten kind of bad is is kind of the uncertainty and people just really fighting and jockeying and maybe we can put a little bit of that behind us um, as we go forward. And I'm always, always thrilled to share this time with you all out there. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. Friend me on Facebook. I have the best group of listeners ever, the smartest people out there who really are in touch and have their finger on the pulse with what's really happening across America and politically on the political scene and just really have the best comments. So if you're new to listening to the show, I encourage you to go there to Facebook. I have it open. Even if we're not even if we're not friends, you can follow me and you can participate with the smartest people, my friends out there. Speaking of smart people. I got a couple of great ones coming on the show tonight to help me kind of go through and get their perspective of what's happening. Because I I think one of the things that I talked about on last night's show in terms of I was so upset because there was so much attempt to stifle people's opinions and stifle people's perspectives as though if you don't have my perspective, something's wrong with you. And, you know, I, I don't like that. I like I like a free flowing ideas, even if it riles me up like I got riled up earlier on the Craig Sowey show with Elhoff. Woo! If y'all didn't hear that, I almost felt like I needed a cigarette and a shot of Jack Daniels after that one. So go to the archives for for here on AM 1170 if you want to listen to how heated things got on that show. But um, as we go forward, I actually read, as I was kind of waiting for poll results and entrance and exit polls, just kind of... You know, kind of poking around today to kind of, you know, get perspective, because I do like to see what other people and and how other people are viewing the situation. And I came across a a piece that Todd Starnes had written. Actually, it was kind of like a blurb that went with his podcast. And you all know who Todd Starnes is. Brilliant, great, funny, super funny guy with Fox News. In fact, he's he's not on as much anymore. I think it's on, on the TV version. He used to be on Hannity quite a bit. Super funny. Um, guy from the South, actually, 
And he wrote a piece that got me thinking today, and I want to piggyback on that. I got to give him credit for actually being one of the first people that I've seen to actually kind of bullet point what's this election actually really about? You know, there's been so much fighting about the different candidates and about who we like, and, and especially so much about anti Trump stuff going on. A lot of it, um, you know, a lot of re- reasonable, obviously, as I said last night, questions and concerns about each of the candidates, and including Trump. But I got to thinking today. I saw an article that I actually posted on my wall on Facebook, which posed the question, the media was all wrong about Donald Trump in terms of how far he could get and when. You know, so many people like Chris Saliza last year, you know, said, oh, he'd be gone by spring. In fact, some one of the reasons why Rubio and others didn't come out and attack Trump is nobody took him seriously. And the reason why they didn't take him seriously is because they didn't take the voter seriously. Because they take the, the media establishment on top of the political establishment in Washington, D.C., the D.C. cartel, as Cruz describes them, they take us for granted. They didn't take us seriously. They thought they they had thought this. They thought they had this wrapped up with Jeb going back to about a year ago. So this has come as a real shock to them. I don't think it came as a shock to Trump, though. You know, and I actually got to thinking about uh, to get back to Todd Starnes piece what this election is all about. I think. Trump kind of knew what this election was all about. I think that's why he rose to the top. You know, when we when we started sales training at Xerox, one of the things they taught us was the expression, people buy from people who look like them. And when I first heard that, I thought, what do y'all expect me to do? Keep wigs in my car to like change how I look? But I kind the psychology of it is that people respond to other people who share their their feelings. Uh, that people are comfortable with somebody that shares their value system, shares their concerns, and most importantly, not only shares their concerns, understands their concerns, validates their concerns, and provides a solution to the issues that they have. It's a needs-based sale. And I don't know how much people are actually voting for Trump or how much they're actually voting against him, but I against the D.C. establishment. But I got to thinking about what this election is really about. And and yes, some of it is for Trump. There's lots of people out there who absolutely believe wholeheartedly in him and what he says he's going to do for this country. But there's also a whole lot of other things that this election is about. This not has nothing to do with Trump. He may get it. He may speak to that in terms of illegal immigration. And we're going to get into some of that throughout the show. But Todd Starnes, I'm going to give you to what, and I posed this question on Facebook. What does this election mean to you? What's it about for you? And I ask, I would encourage everybody, so many comments, I can't get to them all. But it was really fascinating to me to see what this election means to you out there, because that's what this is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about a party, either party deciding to usurp the will of the voters. It's supposed to be about what the people want. Todd Starn says that he thinks that what it's about is hundreds of Indiana workers who just learned that their jobs were heading to Mexico. He says it's about Disney employees who were fired and then forced to train their foreign replacements. A lot of D.C. establishment people behind that move, and two of which running for office right now. Systematic invasion of the nation by illegal aliens. I say Todd Starn should have put that at the top. Because coming out of Georgia, um, and we'll get into some of the exit polls, that was a big one for them. Kate Steinle and all other Americans who were murdered by invaders, he said. Another point he mentioned that it was about a war on religious liberty and a right to bear arms. He says it's about people being told by their government that we're no longer an exceptional nation. That was his list. I added to it a few bullet points that I think... I think resonate with the American people, but maybe it's more about myself. I say this election is about betrayal. 
I say with the Republican voters, they are feeling betrayed. And that's a strong word. And I think if you look at the exit polls and the anger, they're trying to diminish anger as though you're crazy or there's something wrong with you if you're feeling anger. Well, that anger is, is, is rooted in something. What is it rooted in? It's rooted in betrayal. It's also rooted in the intellectual dis, it, it's a, what it's about for people too in terms of, an intellectual honesty about the threat of Islam. And I, and I have to be careful when I get into Islam. I, at least I have to remind myself of that. But when you look at like the South Carolina poll, 73% said they responded. They liked Trump's idea of a ban on Muslims. Oh my gosh, it was a firestorm. People, what the American people are saying with that is that they're tired of the intellectual dishonesty and the pandering around that issue. Rubio says there's not an issue with Islam. Yes, there is. And the American people get it. And they're tired of the intellectual dishonesty around that, which means they're also tired of the political correctness that's going on. That's, that's at the heart of that. They're t- it, this election is also about a transformation by both parties of an America with a ruling class against the people. And that's one reason why they didn't see Trump getting as far as he did, because they don't understand where the American people are at. It's also about no accountability for corruption. And this is a huge one for me and why I say anybody but Hillary. And that's one of the reasons why so many Republicans are fed up with the establishment. We have had years. We're now into another general election when Benghazi happened before the last one. Nobody's been held accountable for that. Nobody's been held accountable for the IRS scandal in which the jackboot of tyranny was on conservatives. And there's nobody in the Republican Party who's done anything about accountability for that. You look at the Clinton Foundation. You look at the executive orders by Obama. You look at Fast and Furious. This is just a, this is just a part of it. No accountability. There's many Americans that are angry about it. It's part of why they're angry at the establishment. It's also about the dismantling of the American culture through political correctness. You look at at how they tried to, like in Louisiana, how they've wiped they, not just the history books out, but they they've gone through and taken down so many of our symbols of a history and where we come from, which isn't perfect and it's ugly at times, but it is who we are as a nation. And they're dismantling the fabric of it, and the Republican Party has done nothing. I haven't heard anything of the Republican Party and the establishment speaking out against that. So given the fact that we have so many people that feel betrayed and have all that laundry list, then people are like, well, what do we do? Do we just continue to hold our nose again for an establishment pick on us? We fell for that in 08. We fell for that in 2012. The idea that, you know, we can't run at a hardcore conservative because they just can't win. And I said then, we've got to give a bold contrast. Anytime we run a dim light, we lose. But the problem we face now, I think that so many American people are kind of understanding. I was kind of flushing this through and brain, it, this was kind of coming to me on my way to the, the studio is that I think one of the reasons why it's become an outsider thing is because the left was allowed to drag us so far left through Obama. You look at where we are. We don't. E- we almost don't even resemble America four years ago. So I think Americans are saying maybe the contrast we need right now and the only way that we can take our country back is to t- bring in somebody who's not a part of the D.C. establishment at all. And I get that some people say, well, Trump is kind of an insider because he gave to campaigns. That, to me, that's not what, what people's definition of an insider is. The guy, he is an outsider from Washington establishment. 
In fact, it's kind of hard to call him an insider because he was contributing to campaigns and at the same time say he doesn't know anything about how politics works because he's never been in D.C. I think that that so many Americans are saying this is really the only way to take our to take our party back. 2012, a lot of people decided to stay home and try to try to revolt against Romney. Because he wasn't conservative enough. Conservatives stayed at home. The Paul Bot stayed at home. What happened? We just got four more years. The, the GOP didn't get the message. They didn't get the message with that. I said at the time, maybe what we need to do is just a complete revolt. No Republican vote for any Republican candidate. Don't give them any money. Maybe they'll get the message then. But how do you, how do you rally uh, around a movement like that and make that happen? So to me, that's what this election is about. And I'm not necessarily, like I've said, I'm not endorsing any candidate. I'm not saying necessarily that this outsider running Trump and where everybody is at is the right move in order to take the take the party back. But I can tell you that what I absolutely am convinced is not the right move. And it's this never Trump movement that's going on. That is not the solution to take our party back. I could be wrong. I'm way past a break. I got to get to break because I got to I got to bring in Wayne Allen Root and see if, if he thinks I'm on the right track with this. And he's going to bring it Vegas style, baby. Don't change that dial. Wayne Allen Root coming right back up. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. I'm glad to have my next guest on. I think I should call, I love that song, by the way, Sir Duke. I think I should call my next de- guest Sir Wayne, because he's none other than Wayne Allen Root out of Vegas. Y'all, y'all know who this guy is, RootForAmerica.com, great conservative and friend of Donald Trump. Hey, Wayne, welcome back to the Andrea K Show. And I think probably the most fierce defender in America and the first to pick Donald Trump as the next president of the United States, anywhere in this country, not a single national or local personality that I know of, jumped on the Trump bandwagon when I did, which was April, May, and June 
of last year when I was writing nonstop that this guy is Bullworth, the Warren Beatty 1998 movie where he says whatever's on his mind offends everyone and winds up turning off a whole nation with uh, passion and intensity and he winds up winning his Senate seat and becoming the frontrunner for President of the United States in the movie. And I said, Donald Trump is the real-life Bullworth. And that was when Donald Trump started sending me notes saying, thank you so much. I appreciate you believing in me. I love what you just wrote. And that's how I met Donald Trump. Uh, well, so you're kind of the conductor of the Trump train, right, Wayne? Well, I'm, I'm right there at the top. I'll tell you that much. I'm not in the caboose. I'm right at the front. You know, I'm with the engineer who's, uh, who's driving the thing. So well, it's, it's been a great run. And I, I'm the first guy who understood why... This would work because I wrote the book, you may or may not remember, Andrea, in 2014 called The Murder of the Middle Class. And mm-hmm. it became a national bestseller. And I wrote in that book two things that define what's going on now. Number one, the middle class is being murdered. No one cares about them. They're forgotten. They're being, you know, just completely uh, obliterated. They're being made dependent on government by Obamacare. They're being bankrupted by Obamacare and taxes and regulations. They're losing their jobs. And then the second thing I said is I wrote a chapter. I didn't know I was describing Donald Trump. I said my fellow Republicans are not very smart. Because they keep thinking that you've got to run like a Barry Goldwater for president or someone with Ronald Reagan's views, which I have. But the way to win the presidency is to run a reality TV star. I said this in my book. Look it up. A guy with bigger than life personality, a guy who's great in front of a camera, a guy who says outrageous things and colorful things, a guy or gal, by the way, mm-hmm. and who is a show business entertainer type personality with populist views, and we can win the presidency. And I was describing exactly what we have now with well, Donald Trump. Well, you know, back when... when um uh, Obama was running back in 2008 and I, I, people were and the same thing in 2012 people were, were hand-wringing going oh my gosh what are we going to do because we don't have anybody in the party that's got this kind of charisma this is where we are as a country you know now and and so we finally have somebody on the scene with this guy's charisma and personality and the GOP is like oh my gosh you know even within the party are lambasting him for being uh, you know a, a reality TV star but I want to get into some of the, the of what I consider might be some legit questions and concerns, and I want you to answer them about Trump, because sure. I don't know if you've heard of this uh, Never Trump movement that's going on with a lot of conservatives, um, uh, some Cruz supporters, some Rubio supporters, but mainly Cruz supporters that consider themselves constitutional conservatives that, that basically just say never Trump because of past contributions to Democrats, because of his past views on, on abortion, because of the Polish um, uh, I don't even remember the term for these Polish Ill- illegal work, the Polish brigade or whatever they yeah, were called. Brigade, that was it. Yeah, Polish and brigade, the yeah. KKK thing that's come up because no, they didn't like how he answered. Ridiculous. They're making so, ridiculous excuses. Listen, here, here's how I look at it. I, listen, you can't. There's no one in America that can that can dispute my conservative credentials. My career started, Andrew, at the age of three in my father's arms, handing out literature for Barry Goldwater in 1964. My parents founded the New York State Conservative Party. Um, they answered, they had the newspaper that said, you know, come tonight and join the founding members of the Conservative Party if you think that the Republicans, Javits and Rockefeller, are too liberal and they're a bunch of rhinos. And my parents answered the ad, showed up there, became the founders, uh, you know, among the founding group, not the founders, but among the founders, and, uh, and founded the uh, party in Westchester County, New York. 
And I grew up around conservative politics. I was there when, when Buckley won the New York uh, Senate seat against a Republican and a Democrat. I was there when my parents' party endorsed uh, an unknown nobody named Alphonse D'Amato, who looked like a mafia character, to run against Javits, and no one believed he could win 1% of the vote. And he beat Javits and then went on to win the U.S. Senate seat and became Senator Al D'Amato. Uh, I was there when they endorsed some joke third-rate uh, third actor named Ronald Reagan. They were the first group to endorse Reagan for president uh, in 1980 when he went on to win the nomination. He always said he owed it to the conservative party. So, I mean, I'm the history of conservatism, and, I, and I've read Barry Goldwater's book, Conscious of a Conservative, like a hundred times. And on every issue I care about, Donald Trump is as conservative as Ronald Reagan. I don't, you know, if you want to base everything on abortion, which Barry Goldwater didn't, by the way, on gay marriage, which Barry Goldwater didn't, Barry Goldwater, the father of conservatism, once said, if, if you're in the army, I don't care if you're straight, I only care if you can shoot straight. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel. I don't care. Gay rights has never been my issue, but I am actually for gay rights. Abortion has never been my issue. I'm for severe limits on abortion, but I'm not for banning abortion. It would end the Republican Party. If you undid Roe versus Wade, you'd have a, a war with women in this country that would destroy our party. And this is why you don't get Republican votes from women. Those aren't issues I care about. I care about my business. I care about being able to create jobs. I care about taxes. I care about regulations. I care about building the wall. I care about Obamacare. I care I care about debt. I care about cutting entitlements and welfare. I care about cutting government spending. I care about terrorism. I care about fighting ISIS. I want to waterboard. I want <laughs> to ban Syrian refugees. Right. I want a temporary ban on Muslim immigrants to keep our children safe, just a temporary one, so we figure out who the good guys and who the bad guys are. I want to prosecute Hillary Clinton, which Trump announced he would. I want to prosecute the IRS. I want someone to go to Washington and upset the gravy train and fire everybody. Donald Trump's the guy who says, you're fired. Mm -hmm. I want someone who supports guns in the Second Amendment. I want to get rid of Common Core. I want to rip up the Iran Treaty. I want to keep Guantanamo open. So what do you say to people? Excuse me for interrupting, Energizer yeah. Bunny. What do you say to people who say, you know what? You know, tr you know, Trump doesn't understand government. He, you know, he wants to come in. Some of the some of the examples uh, of hyperbole that's going on about him is that I actually had somebody come on my wall and tell me he would be worse than Castro because he's gonna he, because he wants to march in there and be a dictator and this is Obama all over again. He has no respect for the Constitution. He has no respect for limited government. How do you answer those people? I answer it that I am America. I'm a businessman. I own 20 businesses. They're all dying. Every one of them's down 40%, 50%, 70%. I wouldn't survive another four years of Hillary Clinton or anyone who uh, kept the Obama legacy going. We have to elect someone. First of all, it's over. Trump's the nominee. Might as well admit it as of tonight. There's nothing you can do. Number one, you can't stop him after tonight with delegates. And number two, the only way to possibly stop him would be the end of the Republican Party. If you went over and above the people that have voted in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, in Nevada, in what, eight states tonight for Donald Trump, if you said their votes don't matter at the convention and you uh, unelected a guy who's been elected with the votes of grassroots Republicans, then kiss your party goodbye. I'll go campaign for Bernie Sanders. There ain't no Republican <laughs> Party anymore if you try and undo what Donald Trump just did. So the argument's over. Now the question is, are there people out there who are so dumb they're willing to sit home when the when the fight is Donald Trump, a capitalist man who loves money and jobs, 
versus a communist, either Bernie Sanders or a crook and communist named Hillary Clinton? You really want to try that act again and stay home? Because I held my tongue and I bit my lip and I voted for, for Mitt Romney when I didn't think he was the right guy because I knew someone had to stop Obama. Now I get my guy and you're going to stay home. You're going to sit it out or you're going to go against the Republican nominee. Well, then you're not a Republican because all those years I went for the Republican nominee. Right. Yeah. And you know what? In so many people between the conservatives who didn't think that Romney was, you know, conservative enough. And he um, wasn't, and, but he was still better than, yeah. better than Obama. Right. As well as the Paul bots who decided to stay home and they gave us four more years. If everybody had come out and then the and then the establishment, their argument was, well, we just didn't do well enough with the Hispanics because Rove and all the rest of the establishment hacks inside and the advisors who can't run a decent campaign, um, you know, didn't want to, you know, accept any responsibility for how bad of a campaign and how bad Romney was as a candidate. And so for Romney to come out and be attacking anybody right now, particularly on the tax issue, really ticks me off. One of the things that I like about Trump, and there's, and, and I could sit here and talk about things that I like about Cruz and even things I like about Rubio and Kasich and all of them, and quite frankly, I'll crawl over broken glass to vote for any of them over Hillary, by the way. But one of the things that I like about Trump, and one of the reasons why he is resonating with a lot of the people is because when you got 20, you economy and jobs and government spending are a huge issue, and people are saying to themselves, don't we have enough attorneys out there? He is a maker. When he's on that stage and he says, I'm the only one that's built anything. I am the right. only one that's that's created jobs. I'm the only one that's ever hired anybody. That means something to me because if you've never laid awake at night responsible for keeping somebody's mortgage payment being, you know, I, I, I've had employees. I've literally laid awake at night wondering, you know, how am I going to keep things going because my employees had children and mouths to feed and mortgage payments to make. And he's the only one on that stage that has that experience. That means something to me. And so to hear any Republican tear him down, um, particularly on his business, really irritates me because, you know, we need somebody who understands. You can't say that you're going to come in and do anything and remove regulations and, and all this. I guess you can say it, but without that experience, you, you don't really get it. You don't really get how regulations are strangling business and manufacturing. You, you know, so when he says that he's got this expertise, I, I actually believe him. But I do also understand that people who say, you know what, he doesn't really talk about the Constitution, Wayne. He doesn't really talk about limited government. He doesn't really talk about cutting departments and cutting spending like that. Well, let me give you a couple of responses. See, again, I'm not, I guess I'm not your typical conservative, even though I pointed out to you that I am unquestionably a conservative who's been there from the beginning, from the Goldwater movement on, from the H-3 on. But, you know, to me, it's all about attracting, uh, making the tent bigger and attracting new people. Donald Trump is doing that. Matter of fact, I heard before uh, we heard the results tonight, I heard some conservative talk shows, I don't remember who, but somebody was saying that is very close in Virginia and whoever wins Virginia really can lay claim to the fact that they're the ones that can win battleground states with independent voters. And sure enough, Donald Trump won Virginia tonight. He, he, I, was, uh, I stopped, uh, I had 12 meetings today, and in between meetings, I stopped to get sushi at my favorite restaurant, and there's a guy sitting at the sushi bar, and he looks like a normal, everyday businessman, except he's got tattoos up and down his arms. Okay. And he's got tattoos on his knuckles, and he's got tattoos on his thumb. Yeah. <laughs> and I just gave it a quick thought and thought, well, that's a little strange. You know, I'm not a tattoo guy. And uh, sure enough, the topic of Trump comes up because the guy behind the sushi chef knows I'm a big Trump guy and knows the last three events in Vegas. Trump was there. Who opened all three events? Donald picked me to be the master ceremonies and opening speaker. Great, great honor. 10,000 people at the last one last Monday, and I was the opening speaker. And awesome. so he was talking to me about that. 
and uh, and the guy overheard us, and he goes, "Oh man, I am so happy! I'm in the right place for lunch. I want to meet you. My name is so and so. Hi, Wayne." And he shook my hand. He said, "I'm a Trump guy." Do you really believe a guy with tattoos up and down his arms would ever vote for Ted Cruz? Do you really believe he would have voted for Mitt Romney in 2012? Do you believe that Jeb Bush would have gotten his vote? We're going to get the tattoo Harley drivers with Donald Trump. Does anybody understand? You're talking Constitution, and I'm talking winning freaking elections with people (laughs) with tattoos. Nobody gets it, man. It doesn't matter if you're a constitutionalist. It matters if you win because if you lose, America's done. It really is done. You haven't even seen what Obama's going to do in the last few months in office. You have no idea what that communist has in store for America. He's going to stick the knife in so deep. Even with Trump as president, you'd be lucky if he could twist the knife back out again. You'd be lucky if on his first day he says, I'm going to undo everything Obama ever did like he was never here. That's what I want. I want people put in prison. I want everything changed. I want Washington to be spinning on its head. I want lobbyists fired. And I think Donald Trump's the guy to do it. Whether he's a constitutionalist, whether he's the most perfect conservative in the world, I don't care. All right. <laughs> well, we are glad that you care enough to share the, that perspective with us tonight on the show. Wayne Allen Root, RootForAmerica.com. Everybody, Wayne, thank you so much for being here. Have a great night. And don't forget my book, The Power of Relentless. That's how I picked Donald out of a crowd that would win it all, because he is relentless, and the conservative movement needed a relentless human being. That's Trump. That's me. Power of Relentless. Thanks, Andrea. All right. Have a great night. Okay. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to actually talk to uh, to somebody else that Trump is a fan of. Trump is not only, only a fan of Wayne Allen Root. He's also a fan of Matthew Boyle from Breitbart, who's going to be on the show in just a minute. So don't change that dial, folks. More Andrea K. Show on the other side of the break. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Get it too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation, a fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. 
all-natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Can't pass the people, can't pass the Wait, did I tell you guys that my boy, if I had a son, I'd want him to be like Dijon. Dylan is in the studio with me tonight because our boy DJ Carrot Sticks is out sick tonight. Hey, it's DJ Maple Bar now. <laughs> and more like DJ Apple Fritter tonight because they didn't have a maple bar But as I was on my way in. Uh, getting some interesting comments. Good feedback uh, regarding Wayne. Um, some, I think it kind of depends on who your candidate is. I think uh, the Trump supporters say, hey, great points, Wayne. Jim Brown says. Um, but Dan Perry says, wow, how far this country has gone down the drain. It doesn't matter if you're a constitutionalist. It on- only matters if you can win an election. That's very sad to me. You know, Dan, it, it is me too because I am a hardcore, far-right, passionate, constitutional uh, conservative. And um, unfortunately, that's kind of what I was referring to at the top of the show, that we've been dragged so far left, that everything that's going on right now is because we've been dragged so far left and we've got a Republican Party that allowed it to happen. And every time they put forth a moderate and lost, they tried to tell us it's because we just didn't go far enough towards the left. And that's kind of where we're at. And so now we're, we're in a position to where either we're going to uh, take a chance with somebody who's currently been a part of the establishment, a part of the problem, or give an outsider, a businessman, a chance. And I think that in some ways, and I'm, I want to pick Matt Boyle's um, brain on this, um, but I think it, I think in some ways people are, people are so cynical now. I told Doc Porbin this today. I said, I think people are so cynical. They're going, you know what? We're never going to get anybody perfect. If I can just get one or my two biggest agenda points taken care of, that's what I'll go for. And that's what Trump speaks to. And that is the immigration issue and the economy. I could be wrong. I tell you who who knows the answers to that probably is Matt Boyle from Breitbart. Hey, Matt, welcome back to the show. Hey, Andrea, how are you? I'm good. Um, I'm kind of glad that Super Tuesday is going to be behind us because things have gotten so nasty, um, not just on the campaign trail with Rubio talking the size of people's hands and then Trump tossing water around, you know, to, to symbolize, you know, um, Rubio's sweat. But just between the voters, it's gotten so nasty. And I don't know if you guys in the media, you guys are so busy following the candidates around and reporting, if you've actually... Uh, you know, are seeing how nasty it's gotten out there between the supporters. Yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a rough ride. There's a lot of division out there. You know, the latest thing that we're seeing is this um, never Trump versus always Trump thing going on on Twitter, and people are uh, you know kind of attacking each other and whatnot. But like, look, here's the deal: tonight was a massive night for Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Uh, you know, delivered incredible victories ranging from Massachusetts, uh, where he got close to 50%. Uh, we're still waiting for the final results there, but, uh, he's a clear winner there to Georgia, to Tennessee, to Alabama. Um, and, you know, and then you look, uh, Senator Ted Cruz had a good night tonight as well, winning his home state of Texas and Oklahoma, whereas the establishment backs Marco Rubio, uh, lost 
almost everywhere except for Minnesota. And in Minnesota, uh, you know, I mean, he can, again, it's kind of sad for Rubio, I think. Uh, It's a really, really horrendous performance from him. Well, but not Uh, if you hear him talk, though. If you hear him talk, though, Matt, he's like, hey, wait, I'm the only guy who could beat Trump. You know, he's like Baghdad Bob. He's like Baghdad Bob tonight. Well, he's seeing Minnesota as a lifeline. He's still saying he's the only guy that could beat Trump. And I actually heard on, on, I'm not even going to say what network it was, but they were like, you know what? If Kasich hadn't dropped out, this would have been Rubio's victory. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. If it hadn't been for those dang voters, you know, he might have gotten some votes. It's like, come on. The people even trying to prop him up are crazy on that that somehow if 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 Kasich drops out that all of his supporters will go to Rubio that's just not true I think some of them they'll split off the field just like we saw happen with Jeb Bush's supporters when he dropped out but here's the deal I mean it's a really sad day for Marco Rubio that the first and only state that he's won so far after 15 states have voted and this is Assuming that he's not going to win in Alaska tonight, as you know, everybody up there is saying that it's likely to be, we'll see in a little bit, but it's likely to be Trump or Cruz that pulls it off there, probably Trump, but we'll, we'll see when the results come in. But the only state that Rubio's won, uh, in the first and only state he won is the only state that Ronald Reagan lost. Uh, in his 1984 re-election bid against Walter Mondale. I, I submit that we start calling Rubio Marco Mondale. Uh, <laughs> Marco Mondale, I love it. Yeah, I mean, he joins, uh, Marco, Marco joins uh, Walter Mondale, Jimmy Carter, Al Franken, and Jesse Ventura as people who have won the great state of Minnesota. Um, it, it, it's just laughable, this argument that he's some great uniter that can unite the Republican Party around his establishment pro-amnesty, pro-Obama trade message. People don't are, are, are sick of this. They're sick of this Dora-class, anti-American worker, uh, political class establishment, non-representation. They want somebody who's going to be in there and fighting for them. And many people see that in Trump, and many more see that in Cruz. Right. Um, you know, in it, fact, it, that's again, one of the reasons why, excuse me, yeah, yeah, well, excuse me for interrupting, um, but that's one reason why I'm baffled over this never Trump movement by so many um, of the constitutional conservatives, because it's like, to me, shouldn't it be Cruz or nobody? Because I can't wrap my head around you be like, um, no, no Trump, but I'll go vote for Rubio. OK, Mr. Yeah, if, if these people don't have the courage to make an endorsement of a candidate, yet they're, will, they're willing to draw their try to drama against somebody. Look, there used to be a time in politics when, and, and look, there's a lot of people who have endorsed Cruz, don't get me wrong, there's some that have endorsed Rubio, that's certainly the case. But all of these, uh, you know, like, for instance, I think the most notorious uh, leader of the so-called Never Trump movement, I don't know if he's actually used the hashtag or not, who knows, but he's been out there beating the drum against Trump, is Mitt Romney, the last Republican nominee. But Mitt Romney doesn't have the courage to go put his name behind somebody else. So if he's going to go out there and beat the drum against Donald Trump, if he doesn't have, how can you do that if he doesn't have the courage, the stone, right. to go and put his, put his name behind another candidate? It just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make um, sense, especially. You know, and, and you know what? He, if if again, I don't understand this. Never Trump, but I'll, I'll support Rubio. If you're going to go against Trump, then to me, then you the only other obvious cho- obvious obvious choice would be Cruz. And why is Romney not putting his name behind Cruz? That's a great point you mentioned, because Cruz is a constitutional conservative and Romney's not. 
So it's kind of Romney's kind of the pot calling the kettle black against Trump, in my opinion, because the main the main issue that people have with Trump is that they don't believe that he's conservative enough. So, you know, so who is Romney to be pointing the finger, Mr. Architect of Obamacare um, in terms of do you see any cracks in terms of because some of the people were talking tonight that it really wasn't as big of a night for Trump as it could have been or should have been. Um, what are your well, thoughts look, on that? I mean, Trump, Trump, uh, you know, proved getting Oklahoma was a big, big thing for him. I mean, Trump was, uh, I, I'll have to check the exact polling. I don't have it in front of me. But, the, I mean, I know Trump was leading in a lot of polls, I believe, in Oklahoma as well. So that's a big win for Cruz. Um, uh, you know, but I think the big, the big news of tonight is not, uh, yeah, it's a big night for Cruz. It's a big night for Trump. But it's a horrendous night for Marco Rubio. Look. Out of Texas right now, and again, we're waiting for the final count before we can make this official, but it's looking like, uh, as, we, as we get closer to that, that Marco Rubio won't hit the 20% threshold to get any of those delegates out of Texas. You have to get at least 20% in the, mm-hmm. in the vote, uh, and that's the same thing with several of these other states across the South, Tennessee um, uh, and Alabama, notably. Rubio's right around that, that uh, you know, 18, 19% mark, uh, you know, as a result of trickling in. If he doesn't get there to 20% in these states, uh, then he's, he's, he's not, his argument that he's going to be able to collect enough delegates to kind of keep trolling along on the bottom and then eventually maybe one day win a state, well, yeah, he's now got Minnesota in the win column. Uh, but again, eventually one day win a state that matters. Um, like well, who- Florida, he says he's going to win Florida. It's, 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 he that argument. So well, and yeah, and Rubio candidacy is coming to a close. Right. And, and to say face, I mean, if I were him, if, if I was going to pull out, I wouldn't do it after I died in Florida, my home state. I think I would try to follow my sword and try to act like I'm going to go out a gentleman and, you know, hey, you know, go be a martyr. You know what I mean? You know, hey, go right. out with some class. You know, don't Brett Favre the situation. You know what I mean? Um, right. Uh, who, who right now after tonight, somebody needs to give him a shove and have it come down between Trump and Cruz. Who can? Who do you think can rally behind it in and shove him out? Is there anybody or any it's group, right. any it's donor? Rubio out? Oh, yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I don't see that happening before Florida. Look, Marco told us tonight on TV. He was on Jay Tapper's show and Megan Kelly's show with Brett Baer. But of course he was on Kelly's show. Uh, right. So he went on both of their programs, uh, both, both CNN and Fox News tonight, and he said um, that he's going to win Florida. Now, look, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense right now. Polling in Florida has Donald Trump uh, well uh, uh, over double digits ahead of Marco Rubio in Marco Rubio's home state. So here's the deal. You know, the question that Marco has to answer for himself is heading into Florida does he want to go to, look, Marco Rubio cannot run for the U.S. Senate seat. He cannot, like, leave the presidential race and go run for the Senate seat. The deadlines for that have already passed. Florida doesn't allow you to run for both the Senate seat and the presidency. So Rubio is going to be leaving the Senate no matter what. This is the, you know, if he doesn't win the nomination, this is the end of, of him mm-hmm. in the U.S. Senate. Uh, he has to make a determination, uh, you know, regarding his political future. If he's going to lose Florida on Election Day, uh, that's a significant blow to his ability to get a lobbying job, get a TV job, become right. re- relevant in the future, in the future, run for the governorship. I mean, if he if he loses Florida in this in this uh, upcoming primary, now look again, the polling data suggests that he's going to, but uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I don't want to count the guy out. He's still he was he's won a U.S. Senate race there right. before, right? Uh, it, albeit it was a divided freeway right. race. Well, let me but, ask you uh, this: with two very unpopular candidates, right? Well. Uh, Again, 
you know, the, the possibility that, uh, you know, his, he could really take a significantly worse hit uh, if he loses Florida. No. Let me ask you this, because I, I, there was 13 today, 13 um, you know, um, elections, if you will. And so I didn't get inside of all the exit polls. But if you were to hear the mainstream media on the way, as I was on the way to the station, they're like, all oh, the late deciders are breaking for Rubio. So then I'm like wondering, well, why are so many late deciders, you know, breaking for Rubio instead of Cruz? But now I'm starting to think that a lot of that's hype, because if he if he lost so many states, then, you know, Cruz doesn't really have Cruz didn't bleed out as badly as the mainstream media in terms of the fight for the second place. It's not as bad for Cruz as they're making it appear. I I think a big part of it is is that, look, I mean, that's what the people are telling the bolsters on their way as the poll, but the. Um, that's where you get the exit data from. And I, I, I don't, I don't not believe that, but I think a large part of the reason why that's going on is because these late deciders are breaking that way because of the fact that that's what the media is telling them. That's what Fox News is telling them. That's what mainstream media is telling them. There's that Marcos with only guys that got, where that isn't reality. The mainstream media is presenting to all the voters as a, a reality that's not uh, reality. They're presenting mm-hmm. them a, a version of the world that's not reality, and that's why they're making that decision. Um, but, you know, again, it, 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 this whole idea that late deciders are deciding this thing, I mean, look, Trump won demonstrably in in Virginia. It wasn't, it wasn't even close in the end there. I mean, yeah, it was close for a little bit throughout the night. They couldn't call it because they were waiting for certain counties to come in. But again, I mean, Trump won these races demonstrably uh, though, and again, the only one that they, you know, they haven't called yet is is Vermont. Um, wow. And in Vermont, it's not Rubio up against him; it's Kasich. Right. Uh, and that's another dynamic here is that the, you know, again, they keep trying to call for Kasich. You mentioned this a minute ago. They keep trying to call for Kasich to get out of the race. But you know, what, what's the case for John Kasich to get out of the race? I mean, look, the guy did a great job in Vermont. Yeah. He's, he's actually, you know, he campaigned there. He's part of his strategy. He's been focused a lot on Michigan that's coming up around right. uh, in Ohio in home state on uh, on March 15th so I mean again their whole the whole case for the coalescing behind Marco just doesn't make any sense Right. In fact, it looks in terms of coalescing, it looks like the voters are actually coalescing around some key themes in terms of issues. And I started the show by talking about people vote for people buy from people who look like them, we said in corporate sales. And it's the same thing with voters. And so, you know, there it's it's the issues with which they're they're giving their support to to, to Trump. Georgia exit polls. Uh, those who wanted change, 49 percent went for Trump when it came to anger against the federal government. Forty three for Trump. Those who wanted illegals deported, 56%. So, I mean, the message is clear that this is an anti-establishment uh, movement, and this is a movement of people that want to deal with, like, they gave the majority to the GOP in 2014 over illegal immigration mm-hmm. and, 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 and Obamacare, and, and they got nothing. There was, a, there was a chart that came out from the Washington Post um, earlier tonight that walked through uh, after Trump won the several of these states. That walks through Trump. No Republican nominee in the history of Republican nominees, I uh, know that's the 20th century, all the way back to the beginning of it, has won the coalition of states that Donald Trump has won put together. It's unprecedented. This is historic. Mm-hmm. Um, what he's been able to do here, and he's put together this coalition of moderate, conservative, um, you know, and, and blue collar work, all built around this blue collar 
worker that you know that he can fight for the working man uh, mm-hmm. against the against the political class because nobody's been fighting for them forever. Right. Um. It it, it you know and the, the core issues that make that up and you hear Trump talk about this in his victory speech tonight and that's the press conference that he did with Governor Christie at his side. Uh, and that's another big clue. I mean, you got Governor Chris Christie to endorse him. But the um the the core issues that make up that 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 um that message are immigration and trade policy, and that's why the Senator Jeff Sessions endorsement. I was down there in Alabama the other day when Senator Sessions endorsed uh, Trump uh, just outside Huntsville. I mean, those are his core issues. I mean, again, people want to see uh, you know less immigration to the United States because they understand that uh, illegal immigrants and legal immigrants are taking their job opportunities away and driving their wages down, mm-hmm. and they want to see these trade deals uh, negotiated the right way so we don't see companies like Carrier Corporation or Nabisco picking up, shutting down their factories in America and then right. reopening them in Monterey, Mexico. Last question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, my argument is about Cruz in his campaign is that I think he would be doing better if he would shift his focus and start addressing his message to the issues that resonate, resonate with the people. And, you know, he's not talking about illegal immigration in the way that Trump is or at all. When he talks about his top five day one priorities, he doesn't even mention that. He doesn't even mention uh, trade policies. And, you know, he talks about, you know, launching an investigation into Planned Parenthood. Nothing wrong with that. But, but that's not a top five issue. For the American people. He talks about an embassy in Jerusalem. Nobody stands with Israel more than I do. But that's not a top five issue. An embassy. If he were to shift right now and have his message be in line with what these exit polls are saying matter to the American people, could he overtake Trump? Or is it just a done deal at this point? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Ted's a friend. I like him a lot. And, I, uh, you know, I, I, I really do think he's been doing, you know, an OK job on the campaign trail. And he's he's a... He's, he is a great conservative. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to knock him at all. I, I, you know, I don't like to see the fighting between him and Trump. I don't like to see the fighting between their supporters. But you're exactly right that he needs to focus in on this stuff. Um, he needs to talk about the, the policy issues. He needs to talk about, and particularly, and it's like he will talk about this stuff, but it's the economic effects of it, right? This is where Trump is a master at this. It's talking about, we heard him do it tonight in the speech again, and this is so important. He did it tonight again, where he talked about how Carrier Corporation and in, Nabisco in and all these other companies, Ford, Ford Motors, are moving their factories to Mexico. These are real people that work at these places with real jobs and real families. They're the people that are voting in this election. It's not some, uh, you know, uh, computer robotic, uh, you know, uh, template that, um, that, 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 is, that is voting, uh, you know, that you can just message to. They're real people. Um, and, and that's something that Trump clearly understands because he's talking to somebody in their living room that's watching him on TV and he's giving a speech that has a job and a family and they're concerned about their company that they work at. Right. Uh, you know, what's next? Is Ford, Ford Motor Company. I mean, that's a staple. That's the American auto industry staple. Has been for over 100 years. Is they're moving to Mexico. Right. I mean, isn't everybody's yeah. job in jeopardy? Yeah. That's what Cruz needs to focus in on. Cruz Absolutely. Needs to really talk about this stuff and, and, and really I'm sure that he understands it. And then he cares. He and, just and needs I think to. He can do it. I think he, he can do it. He just needs it, yeah. needs to shift his message. Hey, thanks for calling in, Matt. Appreciate it so much. Have a great night. Yep. Thank you. All righty. Um, 
Interesting. Love having both of those guys on. I've only got a few minutes left and I wanted to shift gears a little bit because one of the issues that, um, you know, I talked last night, anybody but Hillary, and I want to keep the focus and want, I, I'm hoping we can really get the insults behind us. I'm hoping we can rally and unify together around whoever the nominee is, because to me, we cannot let Hillary Clinton. She has, is the presumptive nominee. I don't believe for a second that Obama will allow the FBI to indict her. More, you know, Benghazi. I told somebody yesterday, even if you think that Trump is as bad bad as Hillary is on policy, why would you reward her after what she did with Benghazi? Emails have come out and, and have surfaced that Ambassador Stevens, an email was sent. It has proved, been proven that Huma Abedin gave that email to Clinton. He, it, months before the attack in Benghazi where he was left dead, he was in um, checkout mode. He, he was in checkout mode trying to trying to depart from there, and he hesitated and said he wanted to hear back from them because he knew that it would be a bad signal politically uh, for him to pull out, and she saw that email. She made she lied under oath when she said that she didn't had no involvement in security and didn't know anything about it. He was begging for help over there. He was wanting to pull out. There's no evidence as to what her response was, but we know she knew. She was involved with security. She left those people for dead. It was a part of a, a, a gun running fast and furious of the Middle East over there, and she's not been held accountable for it. We cannot let her win the presidency. Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi on top of other things. Uh, Illegal immigration. You look at Georgia, 50-something percent said they wanted the, the illegals deported. Mr. Vincente Fox says that they, when asked by Greta von Suster and why she would even interview that that piece of caca is beyond me, but she asked him, what are you doing? to solve the problem with illegal immigration with your northern border. Oh, well, you know, the, the America needs to solve the problem with the, with the Mexicans who are there working in the U.S. economy, and it can only be solved with an act of Congress as he lectures about the Constitution, not with, you know, Trump coming in and, and just by his own hand. Oh, really, Vincente? You sure didn't have a problem with accepting any handouts from Obama in his hand as he usurped and trampled the U.S. Constitution. This makes me crazy. The American people... People are fed up with this and this illegal immigration. There. I had to, I had to get to a couple of, of policy points. Huge night um, for Donald Trump. I think it was a good night for Ted Cruz. And I think it's a great, a great night for... Don't let anybody bully you when it comes to your vote. Vote for who you want. Be proud of that. I love you all. Let's keep this conversation rolling. Follow me at Andrea K. Show. Go to my website, andreakshow.com. Give me your thoughts there. Let's keep the conversation rolling. I'm going to be filling in for Gene on American Trends in the next three nights. Love you all. Have a great night, everybody. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.